0: Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Peter Kalamis from Dragon Ball Z. You may know me as Goku, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Uh, If you like what we're serving here at the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip
1: at patreon.com backslash sci-fi. Spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi
0: diner.
2: Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose, where we're going, we don't need Rose.
3: Yes, who's
2: so coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And
3: good evening, I am Miles Cumingslofman.
2: And Dave Sellers. Dave Sellers is joining us once again tonight. Chrissy is not with us because of some uh, family emergencies that are happening in her life. So please keep her in your thoughts and prayers. And um, and uh, I know our thoughts tonight go out to her because of you know the things that her family is dealing with. Yes, uh, Stuff that many families are dealing with, but doesn't make it easier to walk through, that's for sure. Well, uh, Miles, Dave, it is great to be back on the show with you. And here we're talking just a new show. And if Dave doesn't watch it, he's going to become a regular.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry,
2: by (laughs) me. Oh, that's fine. The more geeks, the better, right? All right. Right. So, uh, Miles, what's on our menu tonight? We're a diner. We're serving up. All sorts of stuff. What are we serving tonight?
3: Yes, so we're going to talk about a little what's going on in our sci-fi world. What we're watching, what we're reading, uh, in TV news. Uh, we're going to talk about the Orville trailer that that dropped, uh, probably not maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, we have some news about Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Netflix and kind of what that means. Uh, we have um, in movie news we have uh, Reign of the Superman trailer and uh Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And for our dessert, we we're going to be giving you our interview with Peter uh, Klamis. Uh we we had a chance to talk to him at uh shortly this uh this past year.
2: Yeah. And we're talking about the Star Trek shorts too. Did we mention that?
3: That too. Yes, yes this, I did not. Thank you. For oh, me yes. Mentioning
2: we that. can't forget that. That's a part of like the main dish. We have got to sink your teeth into teeth into that one. But absolutely. Uh, yeah. So uh, let's talk about what's going on in our sci fi world. And Miles, why don't you start us out? What in the heck is going on in your in your uh, in your uh, did I say Star Trek world? I meant <laughs> sci fi world, uh, Star Trek world, too. But uh, the sci fi world, what's going on?
3: So I uh- I, I uh, saw the Venom movie that came out uh, a couple weeks ago. Okay,
2: so what did you think? Uh, and, and Dave, did you see the Venom movie? No, I have not. Yeah, me neither. I have not. So, Miles, spoil it. Tell us Tell us I all was, about it.
3: I was pleasantly surprised. I enjoyed it. I got invited for some guys at work, and um, I was just going to see it just, just to hang out with some guys at work. But I'm actually glad I saw the movie. The, the movie was fantastic. Uh, it was very entertaining. I should – whenever – you know, with the folks at Marvel make something, give it a try. At least trust it. So if, if this is just definitely put on your list to watch sometime. In TV, uh, watch the short treks, the first uh, uh, uh Trek short that came out. Um, and uh, what watch to what, watch in The Flash, uh, Man in the High Castle, uh, Last Ship, The Manifest, uh, The Gifted. And I'm reading um, uh, Time Frame by Douglas Richards, his second book in his uh. split second series
2: oh yeah yeah now manifest i know that we talked about that in the show how has that continued to unfold
3: i'm enjoying the show i think it's very well written uh i i feel that they kind of do a good job of i don't give you a little swerve but things are going to work out as far as uh maybe a resolution or something. Um, now the last episode, you can't have all episodes end on a high note. Sometimes you got to bring us down so we can look forward to something later. And they did that in the last, the last episode I saw, but I'm enjoying the show f- so far. Like you talked about when we reviewed it, there, there are uh, forces at work. Their, their identity is still mysterious. We don't know about them, but they're still manipulating things, uh, with, with the people that came off that plane and, um, Whatever, whatever they're trying to accomplish.
2: Very good, Dave. Are you watching the Manifest? I am not. Yeah, I am not. That is, it is hasn't really hit my radar yet. Yeah, so it it's one of these that. Looked interesting. I just haven't made time for it in my own in my life, own life. And Miles, I want to ask you about Last Ship. So, mm-hmm. I mean, this is the show that Jane's on, right? Um, yes. And uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what is uh, how's this? I, I heard rumors that it wasn't that it kind of had lost its path. Are you still enjoying it? What's your feel about Last Ship?
3: Um, I, I'm liking this season. I feel that it's getting back to kind of its original premise. It's a post plague, post um, that they, they had a a, a a blight? They had a, they had a, a food crisis last season. Um, I think this this might even be their last season. But the South American country was able to hack the satellites and um, destroy some of uh, America's uh, ships and military. And it just happened that the Nathan James was parked as a museum so it it is the last ship in service in the navy at this time so it's kind of falling back into its you know what was doing originally and the the premise of the show is a lot of the world's population is wiped out so everybody is is whatever capabilities they had before especially with with the united states um they're much more limited now and because of the hacking they lost gps capabilities so they're kind of using almost some like world war 2 uh war methods in in uh their strategy what okay. season is this on miles uh this is i think this is the f- fifth? fifth season
2: okay okay i was going to say season 4 but i haven't been watching so dave have you watched last ship or
3: do you watch we, last ship
1: we, we did we fell off I think it was about somewhere
3: in season three. Was that the one maybe. with the, uh, the food crisis?
1: It might've been, I, it was the one where Captain Chandler left. Okay. Then, left the ship and went in you know, that island with that guy doing his fight club. Deal.
3: Yeah. Okay. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's the fourth, maybe it's only been on four seasons. So, okay. Yeah.
2: All right. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thanks for sharing what's in your uh, sci-fi world. Dave, how about you? What's going on in your sci-fi world?
1: Oh well, it's been crazy here, especially since uh, since the summer, since so we're finally getting moved back into the house. But uh, post shore leave, I've been playing Star Trek Ascendancy a good bit.
2: Dude, my son is but, my son is continuing to beg me to get that game. So ah,
1: uh, I'll have to bring it up or something for you. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, starting to get the hang of that one pretty good. But now that I'm back home and uh, finally got a decent internet connection again, I've. Uh, Broke out the PlayStation and started playing uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which is really good. I'm horrible at online games, but the the single-player story in this is really good, (laughs) at least I think. It it sets between uh, the destruction of the Death Star on Endor and kind of covers the gap up to about the Battle of Jakku and then moving into Force Awakens territory. Awesome. So it's been really fun so far. Um,
2: but is it, ca- is it is it is it that? is it canon? That's what I know. Is it canon?
1: Uh, it's put out by EA, licensed by Disney, and everything. It is canon as far as I'm concerned.
2: <laughs> so it's yeah. canon until they say it's not. Got it. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then uh,
1: finally getting back here and got uh, got my computer all updated for Star Trek Online and Star Wars: The Old Republic and World of Warcraft. So I'm. Ready to jump back into, jump back into those again.
2: Yeah. Just wait till your kid gets older, then you can play it with them. I hope she's into that. That would make my day so <laughs> much. Uh, now, does your wife play any of those games? No,
1: she can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> God uh, love her. She she uh, she sits there and will just look at me. You're playing that again? Yes. Yep. Here I am. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, and and what are you reading right now?
1: Right now, uh, as far as sci fi goes, I am working on uh, Deep Space Nine, uh, the novel. Let me pull it up here real quick Deep Space Nine Gamma, um, this Gamma series called Original Sin. Uh, I'm working on that one. I've got the, the three Discovery novels on deck. And I f- just about, I think I finished the. Uh, um, both volumes of the 50-year mission okay those were long <laughs> oh, wow so long but really worth it I mean a lot of cool information that I never knew of
2: as far as to, from Star Trek throughout the, the 50 years very cool miles did you read any of these novels he's talking about
3: I've read the d space 9 novels but the the 50 years I'm gonna I, I haven't checked that out yet that's something on, on my radar though
1: very cool. Yeah, it, very cool. It reads like a textbook half the time. It, it's it's very, <laughs> very long and dry, but yet very, really gets deep into a lot of good
2: stuff. So if you're into like if you're into like like the the lore and the story of Star Trek, you like this is something you want to read. Oh yeah. So it's just uh, it's just not necessarily if you're looking for a good story. Eh, maybe want to no. pass this one up. <laughs> I want to pass this one up just a little bit. Uh, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. When my sci-fi world, my sci-fi world has predominantly been Doctor Who. So my son, as if you've been listening to the show, you know this. We've been marathoning our way through, through Doctor Who Who from the Christopher Eccleston, Eccleston era, if I can speak, up to the Peter Capaldi uh, uh, era. And last night, we finished the last episodes of Peter Capaldi, which means we're ready for the new season of Doctor Who. So, Oh, cool. So I know it's been out. I know there's going to be four episodes out by the time we get to it. But then we can power watch them. So, so we are very excited about that. He's stoked about watching the new Doctor Who. And uh, that's very much, very much uh, in his vein. And then, as far as uh, other things go, um, I watched for the first time ever. You guys are going to kill me for this because it's a movie I should have watched before this. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Never watched it in my life. We watched (laughs) it and that is sci fi. And we interviewed Max Headroom, who was in that show.
3: Not as I've never oh, yeah. saw. I never saw that movie either. So. Well,
2: he's the he's he's the neighbor's dad. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt Fuer plays the neighbor's dad, and we interviewed him. So yes, we, cool. Yeah, so it was very cool. I'm like, hey guys, I talked to that man. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, brownie geek points when I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, watching movies with my kids. It was a fun movie, and it's sci fi related because you know they shrink them, and they you know it's technology gone wrong type of thing, but. Um, but as, you know that that movie was like huge in the eighties when it came out. Oh yeah,
3: so, oh yeah. Rick Moranis. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he yeah
2: he he could do no wrong for a while, right? But so anyway, so that's uh what that's what I'm watching, and so not keeping up with anything new, uh really. And then the other thing I'm doing is I'm reading, um, and I'm reading for the third time book three of the Expanse, um which I forget, Abaddon's Gate, I think is what it's called. And the reason I'm reading it three times is, and I told the story at least in part before, I jumped into the Expanse series, of novelizations, in book three, not realizing it was part of a series. I'm like, oh, this is a book. Oh, They were, they were advertising an audible. I'll check this out. It sounds interesting. I read it, and it, I could understand it enough, but I knew there was more backstory and discovered partway through that this was actually a series. And I would started at book three. So the other podcast I'm a part of, one of the other podcasts I'm a part of, The Orbital Sword, it was voted in to read the first book in the series. So I read the first book and then just continued. And now the third book was voted in for like, I guess, us to read. So now I'm going back and reading the third book again. So the third time, and I'm enjoying it. It's a good story. It's well worth uh, reading a third time, but I typically don't read them this close in order. So, but it's a good book. So if you ever watch the Expanse series, the books are way better than the series itself. Cool. Yeah. So that's it. That's what's going on in our sci-fi world here. And uh, I don't think there's anything else coming coming up, I don't believe. Um, All right. Well, why don't we move into talking a little bit about news. In my understanding, in the past weeks, we had an Orville trailer drop, and we're going to play that right here. Get us out of here now. In the vast emptiness of the universe, we have found a fullness of cultural diversity. And when a first contact unfolds, the cosmos becomes a living, breathing organism. And we become a way for the universe to know itself. Wow, that was pretty good.
1: Thanks, I plagiarized it, like nine different things. I'm receiving a distress signal. Check union records for any
2: previous contact with that star system. Negative, Commander.
3: Oh, baby, this is what we signed
0: up
2: for. All hands, this is the Captain. Begin prepping all stations for first contact.
0: The flexors are gone. Get us out of here now. Captain, I don't believe it.
3: Lieutenant, give us a little more. Yes, sir. Dumbing it down. All right, here we go.
2: Man, this is bitches. Look at that. We'll come back. You have my word.
0: Fortis, I thought it might be fun to do, like, a joint party. Is this an order? No. Then I do not wish to have a joint party. Why not? I prefer my
3: birthday to be my day. He's afraid he's going to get less stuff. I am not afraid.
2: Gordon, take a shuttle and find the captain. Hi, Commander. Don't do this. Let's go. We are not your prisoners. We have 24 hours.
0: All I ever wanted was for you to be proud of me.
1: I am capable of causing you great pain, Captain. The planet's break-up is accelerating. Hope this works. It'll work. I think it'll work.
2: Take a message back to your people. Sweetness. On behalf of the Planetary Union, welcome to the galaxy.
0: Wait, before you click
2: away, do me a favor. Subscribe to this channel. It means a lot to me. Well, not really, but it means a lot to someone, I'm sure. Also, if you like what you just watched, you can see even more content on the Fox Now app. Don't say I ever gave you nothing. Dave, tell us your take. This makes season two look really,
1: really exciting. Um, After season one really kind of swayed any, this isn't, that this, it wouldn't be a serious show. At least the trailer for season two certainly will will solidify that. Um, Looks to be a little bit more action to it. A few more deep dives into some character dilemmas. Um, I know Captain Mercer looks like he's, Got himself in quite a on a personal mission or a predicament, don't know yet, um, but it is really exciting to see.
2: I, I am really stoked for this. Yeah, I know the uh, the trailer for the first season. You remember when it first came out, everyone was criticizing it because it seemed like this typical mm-hmm. Seth MacFarlane humor. Yeah, and um, oh yeah. And then you watched the show. You realized, yes, there's just a little bit of self-befalling creeping through. But this is actually a way more serious show than everyone thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. I and I can't wait to see
1: what they uh, what they do in season two. Yeah.
2: Miles, you saw this trailer, too. What were your thoughts in this trailer?
3: Yeah, I echo what Dave said. But I think at the same time, it's still going to have some of that irrespective. Uh, irreverent uh, Seth MacFarlane humor in places. Um, after he gives this great speech to these uh, alien dignitaries, then he, he confesses to his his exo that yeah, I uh, plagiarized that from a couple different speeches. Um, <laughs> so you know, it, so that, that and that's what we want from the Orville. I mean, I think <laughs> the, the Orville it it, it it has just enough Seth MacFarlane humor in it to to make the Orville its own thing. At the same time, make a good Star Trek, because uh, some, some of the things it, it, it tries to uh, do and accomplish. Yeah. Um, uh, we wait for a while for the Marvel. So now it's, it's good to know we'll, we'll, we'll see it in, in a few months from now.
2: And it's dropping when in December?
3: Um, I think January of 2019. Okay.
2: Well, you know, one of the things that this is what, you know, you guys are talking about uh, when you made me think. I mean, this is one of the things that distinguishes this Orville from Star Trek is the fact that it has this little bit of humor in that Star Trek typically doesn't have, a little bit of reverent humor, and this is of course the influence of Seth MacFarlane, But he obviously continually it's a continual homage to Trek in the way the story is delivered, apart from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So very cool. Well I cannot wait either for Orville to show and to come up, I told someone, so at the church I'm going to, I was asked if I could cover a, a Halloween event. I said I couldn't. I said because I was going as the blob from Orville, and he died <laughs> laughing. I don't know how I'd actually pull off that outfit, but
3: Dave's trying I like to, to see that when you try, <laughs> right? Dave's yeah. trying
2: to picture this, right? I am <laughs> uh, probably not <laughs> in your dreams that are maybe nightmares for that matter. Oh, man. Um, well, very good. So we're excited about the Orville. Uh, one of the things that we are not really excited about, maybe, um, is that Luke Cage and Iron Fist got canceled, and uh, uh, this was huge because it they happened in succession almost within a week, and um, so we we got we got news. And let me just read you a little bit of the story. Um, so Marvel's Luke Cage, a show that seemed to grow in its potential for a second season after a very strong debut, was canceled the same day that Daredevil arrived on the streaming service for its third season. Just like that, two shows many fans consider to be relatively safe were gone in less than a month. Um, <coughs> although, I, I wouldn't say that Iron Fist was ever really safe. We can talk about that then. Um, just like the two shows many fans consider relatively safe, uh, we're all left wondering what exactly Netflix is doing with this Marvel universe even as they're still completing our respective Daredevil binges and waiting for news in Jessica Jones Season 3. Uh, so, uh, them axing Luke Cage, I think, in Iron Fist, I think of these, Luke Cage is a bigger surprise for me. Me too. Because um, that show, that what I was hearing, people, what people were saying about it, is yes, it was grittier and darker, um, but uh, with a little bit more language in it, but it still seemed to be a pretty solid. People seemed to be really into it, more than Iron Fist. I heard a lot of complaints about Iron Fist as it you know, aired it through its season, but not Luke Cage as much. What do you, what do you guys think? What are you guys thinking about that?
3: I think Luke Cage was the big surprise. I think uh, for a lot of reasons you said also resonated because you had a African-American as the lead and and a superhero in this series. Uh, So I think, I think Iron Fist, the second season was better received. I I watched it and I think it was, it was a, much better than the young lady who plays um, Danny Rand's girlfriend. She's kind of been a, her breakout character. People thought, okay, maybe we could, you know, maybe she's, uh, maybe we see spin-off potential with her. So um, I, I think the bigger question is, is, is Netflix and Disney, you know, is this the beginning of their divorce, so to speak, as far as Disney's content on uh, Netflix? Dave, your thoughts on all this.
1: I I never gotten around to watch either one of those. Um, Daredevil and Punisher are the only two that I've really watched and maybe I think maybe it's the first season of Jessica Jones. Um so I'm not sure, but I, it would not surprise me like Miles said about you know Disney and Netflix Disney cutting ties with Netflix starting to really gather its get its eggs in its basket there for their Their own streaming service. It See, wouldn't shock me a bit to find them to come back, come back onto the screen through a, through Disney.
2: Yeah, it'd be interesting to know. But I mean, they seem to. I mean, Daredevil seems to be going. There's are still waiting on news of Jessica Jones three. But it wouldn't surprise me if this is exactly what's happening. You know, Disney launching a streaming service sometime next year. Um, it's going to have all our Star Wars content. At least that's our understanding, right? Am I right about that? Mm-hmm. All our yeah. Star Wars and all our Marvel content. I mean, I don't know that I need to go anywhere else, right? That'll be like my service, you know. And I, I'm pretty sure that I will sign up for that. And um, and and it makes sense. I mean, and so there, it, it is. It does seem to be that. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, it was kind of a shock to see this, but. Maybe they'll bring it back on a Disney streaming service. It'll be interesting to see what contracts say about that.
3: Now it's interesting uh, that uh, Daredevil season three dropped on uh, Netflix. It's on there now,
2: right? So that that dropped, and they obviously have some prior contracts they need to work through. I wonder yeah. though if they started it on one service, what sort of like if Netflix helped develop the show. Can Disney continue to develop the show without Netflix?
3: That's a whole interesting legal battle.
2: Yeah, it's the one that I'm glad I'm not not in. But Netflix is doing really well. If you look at what they're spending on their shows and everything, I mean, uh, their stocks have been going through the roof. Mm. So,
3: but it's my understanding Netflix also invested in in Star Trek Discovery because. Uh, our, our, our friends across the pond can get uh, Discovery on Netflix uh, in England.
2: Yeah, that is true. That is true. Interesting.
3: All right. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts. What do
2: you think of Luke Cage and Iron Fist being canceled? Do you care? You can send that in to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast at gmail.com. Miles, why don't we talk a little bit about The Rain, of Superman trailer that dropped. And we're going to go ahead and play the trailer now. Are these new guys? (laughs) Why are they here?
0: What is their place
2: in
3: a world without a Superman? The Man of Steel is dead. We saw the body it's time for human beings to stop relying on leagues and titans and start saving ourselves i can give each of you the power to be your own hero
0: clark's body disappears and suddenly these new supermen show up out of the blue
2: who the hell are you i'm superman there is only one superman You look like Superman, but Superman died in my arms. For my people, death doesn't have to be the end. Terrible things are coming, Lois. I can feel it. We gotta be our own heroes. We sure as hell could make some noise. When the Daily Planet said Superman is dead, it painted a target on the Earth. How do we even begin to fight that? Miles, what do you think?
3: I'm excited for this. I uh, saw uh, The Death of Superman a few months ago that uh, uh, DC put out on uh, Amazon Prime, and it's such a big story they couldn't do it in one part. So what they're doing is doing a present-day retelling of The the Death of Superman uh, comic comic story that, that was out about 20 years ago and uh, telling it now. Uh, and so part, part two will be getting early next year, which I'm excited about.
2: So what you're really telling me miles is that this is a reboot.
3: Uh, well, it, it kind of is because they actually did a death of Superman. animated movie, uh, I want to say almost 10 years ago. And they had, um, Adam Baldwin voice, uh, the part of Clark Kent and uh, Superman, but it was just, it was a sh- shorter story. This is much bigger what, what they're doing here.
2: Okay. And do we have any news like on the casting of it?
3: Uh, Jerry McConnell voiced uh, Clark Kent, Superman and Rebecca Romaine voiced Lois Lane in, in the last one. So I'm pretty sure they're going to reprise those uh, roles uh, for this one.
2: Jerry McConnell's an actor, isn't he? Yes. I, I forget what, what a, was he in like uh, Mike, my- was he wasn't the guy in my Greek wedding, my big fat Greek wedding? Was he? I'm thinking of someone
3: else. Is Jerry, Jerry McConnell or Jerry O'Connell? I forget. Uh, he was Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, he was. Um, he was in that show, Sliders.
2: Yes, yeah. yes, that's it. That's it. That's right. So uh, he was. Wasn't he the main character in that one? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah there he is. Oh, look, that good-looking man right there. All right, I'm looking him up on the web and yes, that's definitely him. He was fat. I love sliders. Oh my gosh. that well, it's campy now. You watch it now it's absolutely especially the first season was campy. But Oh, I, I, there I were some sliders. there were some great shows there. What a great 90s show.
3: Mm-hmm. It but, was. Yeah. If, if there's a show that I would like to see rebooted re- Yeah, I would like to see, you know, just it, it was just a tremendous concept of Traveling from different Earth to different Earth every every episode and exploring what Earth might have been in, in uh, so they they did some fun stuff with that show.
2: We're gonna have to do a rewind of Sliders sometimes, not like the whole series, but maybe like a couple episodes or something. I I, I would be up for that. That would be awesome. I I would totally dig that. Mm-hmm. But okay, so Sliders very good. Um, and uh, so, uh, Dave, you watched this trailer. Do you watch a lot of the animated uh, DC stuff? I don't.
1: But after watching this trailer, it's kind of piquing my curiosity a little bit more than it ever has. <laughs> is this a standalone film, or is there is there one you got to something you got to watch before this?
3: Yeah, you're gonna need to watch the the death of Superman that came okay. out. Um, That's like part one of this uh D- dc's for the last 10-15 years or so been putting a lot of these kind of standalone animated movies out with batman superman the justice league even the suicide squad uh, some of it's starting you know they, they've done so many some of them are kind of now becoming its own universe but for, but it but and, and there and because they're going straight to blu-ray or going straight to like streaming uh they're a little more pg-13 in their content so some of it's not necessarily good for the younger kids because some of the violence and and this but uh the the storytelling the the storytelling is excellent it's it's a strange dichotomy dc probably does does the best animated movies of this nature while at the same time still trying to learn how to do good live action movies, however, Marvel does tremendous live action movies, and they're still their their they're animated movies are, are are not quite as good.
2: No, you can't we can't win at both. I was going to suggest, Dave, that maybe you can like yeah. watch this with your with your kid, but not if they're more mature. That yeah. might be bad. I, I might, not, might, no. might put might put you in the doghouse with the wife if you do. That. Might <laughs> <laughs> no would. <laughs> Uh, well talking about that We are we also have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse That they dropped the trailer And let's go ahead and uh, listen to that And then uh, we're going to talk about it afterwards What makes you different Is what makes you Spider-Man My name is Peter Parker I'm pretty sure you know the rest I saved the city, fell in love Then I saved the city again
1: And again and again
2: Look, I'm a comic book, a cereal, I get a Christmas album, and a so so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. Spider Man swings in once a day, zip zaps up in his little mask, and answers to no one. I love you, moms. Yeah, I know, Dad.
1: You gotta say I love you back.
3: Dad, are you serious?
1: I, I wanna, wanna hear it. it. Look at this boy. Dad, Dad, I love you.
3: Dad,
0: I love you. That's, That's a copy. A copy. My name is miles morales Brooklyn! i'm the one and only spider-man at least that's what i thought you ever hear the super collider you're gonna love this dimension opening
1: now you're like me that's impossible
2: all right kid. listen up
1: this fry
2: is your universe it's soggy it's weird it's gross and this delicious normal fry is my universe so you want to learn to be Spider-Man? Can you teach me? Yes, I can. Time to swing. Ah, Good, you're it. doing it. Double tap to yeah. release and whip
3: <laughs> it out again. Okay. Whip and release. You're natural. Whip. Ah. Hey guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another another dimension.
0: How many more Spider people are there? Hey fellas. Hello. This could literally
3: not get any weirder. It can get weirder.
2: Okay. We need to get back to our universes soon. Brooklyn is gonna collapse. My family lives in Brooklyn. Whoa, 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 whoa. Miles, what's wrong? This was never your city. It's mine. If I don't destroy the collider, none of us will have a home to go home to. Remember, what makes you different? Let's go! Is what makes you Spider-Man. Officer, I love you. <laughs> Wait, what? That way, that way. Other way, other way, other way, other way.
0: Do animals talk in this dimension? Because I don't want to freak him out.
2: All right, Miles, you got this one too. Tell me, what did you think about the trailer for Spider Man Into the Spideyverse?
3: So I saw this at the uh, Venom. Um, when I saw Venom, they, they, this is one of the trailers that dropped there. And, that, and actually, after the movie, they played an extended uh, scene of uh, this movie at the end of the movie. So I got to see a little bit of this. It's animated. Uh, I think this is probably something safe for, for for your kids. If you wanted to watch this with your with your uh, with your kid, it seems a little more toned down as far as the violence goes, but it looks like it would be an enjoyable Spider-Man movie. It, it's, it, it's from the folks from Disney Marvel.
2: Very good. And uh, so we just got done talking and in, in lauding the praises of the Superman trailer uh, being, being DC. How does this compare when we look at this, you kind of, you know, knock Marvel not being able to do a really good animated movie. Is this their way of redemption?
3: I think it's got potential. I, I I I liked what I saw. You know, I'm until I, until I see the whole thing. You know, I'm, I'll, I'll before I give it a you know a, a great. Um, I don't I don't think it's one I will necessarily see in theaters, but I could you know when it drops on a streaming service or you can rent it at the red box. I might I might uh, watch it there.
2: They are they are releasing this in theaters though, aren't they?
3: Yes, they are. Yeah. I think December, if I'm not
2: mistaken. Oh, very good. That might be one that I'll go see.
3: That and Bumblebee. <laughs> Bumblebee. I'm looking. Oh forward yeah,
2: to. Uh, Dave. So you watched this trailer. Uh, what do you think? I wasn't sure what I was watching to start
1: with. I didn't know this. <laughs> uh, this was a whole, a whole thing with uh, other people that have the same the same powers as, as spiders. As Peter Parker, and that, that was fascinating right that was fascinating I, i'm I'm interested in looking a little bit more into this now too
2: right yeah I've, you know miles you've been much better at watching a lot of the animated series I watch clips of them but just I don't know, I haven't watched well maybe because my son at the time when they've come out I've said well maybe I don't want to watch it if they're a bit more mature um so but i, I am mm-hmm. looking forward to this I am looking forward to watching this and maybe checking them out especially if they uh they stream them. So, yeah. So we yeah, get this a, one you can watch with Keeper. Yeah, definitely watch it on the uh, the new Disney service. Got it. Um, <laughs> that's where it's gonna come out. <laughs> so uh, the other thing that popped out, popped up is we had in October we had dropped the very first Star Trek short um, so Dave tell us a little bit what was the name of the short uh, tell us a little bit about your the impression of the story what was the story about and uh, and then uh, tell us a little bit about it
1: well, this episode was called uh, runaway
2: and these are about 15 minutes 15, 20 minutes long I
1: believe um, it's a little short short little story of, of uh, this one involved uh, Tilly um, who is now a full-blown ensign and they start out there with, with a, uh, some sort of alien creature shows up out of a shuttle or whatever when it came back to, to Discovery and turns out that it's actually a, a girl about 17 years old or whatever and then she morphs into a humanoid form And Tilly begins, you know, kind of gets to know her a little bit and winds up from, she's from a a, a planet that is rich in dilithium and taking very painstakingly, she cares about this planet so much and she's run away trying to protect, to protect it because I guess now that dilithium has become very, uh, such a, such a strong resource that uh, she's afraid that you know, her planet's going to be destroyed because everybody there is greedy enough and trying to, to mine it out or whatever. And she tells Tilly she's come up with some way to recrystallize dilithium, which kind of bothered me because Scotty couldn't even do that without having to raid a bunch of uh, radiation from a nuclear, nuclear aircraft carrier. Um, but she winds up, going back to the planet until he finds out she's actually the princess of this, of this world and somehow beams her back magically from wherever they are to wherever she came from. Um, not a bad thing. I mean, it's a neat concept. Um, a couple of things bothered me as the contentious Trek fan that I am, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but overall it, it, it was, it was all right. I'm looking forward to the next one.
2: So the recrystallizing of the lithium, did they actually do it? Or did they just say they could do it?
1: Well, she, she came up with some, she just claims that she came up with, with some magical way of doing it. Right. And they didn't actually do it in the episode, but you know, to Scotty in, in Star Trek 4, that was completely unheard of. Right. So it was it was just kind of strange that way, whether it actually worked or not.
2: I don't know. Right. Um, yeah, Miles. What was your th- what, what were your thoughts on the episode as you watched it? Uh, um, did you enjoy the story? Did you have uh, areas that you were kind of picking apart a little bit? I mean, what What was your feeling?
3: You know, it was, it was two young women, kind of, um, kind of commiserating a little as far as where they are in life. Um, Tilly's not getting the. Encouragement and confidence she needs from her mother to, you know, she wants to try to pursue the career track. And her mother tells her that, well, remember when you try to do this and you kind of um, collapsed and quit over this. And, you know, so that's not, you know, it's not necessarily what you want to hear from your parents when you try, when you want to try try to do something. Um, and this, this young woman is going to eventually be the ruler of her planet someday. So they're kind of, bonding over ice cream in the, in the, um, in, in the officer's mess. Uh, but there's a funny scene though. There's a brief little fight or skirmish between the two, but, but Tilly's you to will talk her off the ledge, but it gets the food uh, synthesizers. They start shooting, shooting out food <laughs> out of them. So it's like, you, you think there's a food fight in there or something. And um, th- this young lady has the ability to kind of, uh, uh, cloak herself and so these these crew come in and, and Tilly gives a very funny explanation of what happens She goes oh um a hormonal male space rabbit got got lost in here and and made this mess and um <laughs> so so it was a cute little scene i it, you know it, 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 what this episode and, and i think what the other ones will serve as more of like a character piece for the i was just going to ask are, you that yeah so it was a nice little character piece uh, on on Tilly. Uh, you know, as far as the recrystallizing of dilute, yeah, I thought, okay, this is a little out of place. This hasn't happened for another 30 years, but, you, okay, you just say, okay, she never shared this technology, and so, um, you know… It would, In in, in the Star Trek universe, dilithium is one of the most precious resources. It helps make warp drive uh, possible. Um, And so um, that's why this this young lady was concerned about the welfare of her planet. She didn't want to see it exploited because it it has this valuable resource. Um, It was enjoyable. I mean, it was great to see Star Trek again. We hadn't seen Star Trek in a few months, and we're going to get another one in a couple weeks and So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the, with the, you know, other 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 characters that we we see on the bridge, but we don't know a whole lot about them. So they're going to h- kind of highlight some of these people as uh, they go.
2: And that's always neat to see a little bit of the backstory of these characters, you know, as they uh, as they do kind of grow, mm-hmm. and uh, gives you a little bit about about their background. Very cool. Mm-hmm um so what's the the next one that's dropping what in november right yes and uh what do you know which one which story that one's telling
3: i don't know off the top of my head dave do you know no
1: in the trailer they showed after after this one i didn't recognize the character Mm -hmm. at least the one that was that was focused on in there i I didn't recognize him at all but
2: maybe it's a new character into the season too
1: it might be. It might yeah. be somebody new replacing uh, I don't know who they I
2: replace.
3: Think, I think they're doing something with the communications officer. So, right, right, it, right.
1: That might
2: be it then.
3: Mm-hmm. Right. We all, we've seen him on the bridge, but we don't know a whole lot. You know, they haven't really gotten into his story much.
2: Well, very good. Well, if you folks out there are watching the new Trek shorts, we'd love to hear what you think of them and is it is it enough to keep you subscribing to CBS? Miles and Dave would say yes, but uh, uh, <laughs> we would love to hear from you and your thoughts on that. Well, uh, we have an interview we're going to share with you. This is from Shirley Forty and one of the gracious guests that gave us a little bit of their time. Miles, you want to introduce this guest here?
3: Yeah. So we had a chance to talk with uh, Peter Kalamis. Um, most fans know his work from Stargate universe. Scott, you know him from some of the anime you watch. Yeah. Goku. uh, Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, that was cool that we, you know, um, and, and he brought a lot of, you know, some of the merch from his, um, animated work. Uh, he gave us a great interview. Um, we talked, you know, we, we talked about Stargate universe. We talked about, he was in a, a guest star in one of the Stargate uh, SG-1 episodes, and you had a chance talking about uh, you know, the Goku. Um, so we, we just had a good time talking with him there.
2: Yeah, so, you know, he was Goku in in, in Dragon Ball Z, and he's also Rolf from Ed, Ed, and Eddie, which I never watched. Did any of you guys watch that show? Uh, no. Yeah. He no. was also in the X-Files, which I was really, you know, cool about outer limits in Eureka and sliders he was in sliders you we were just talking about sliders he was in sliders at least some made some appearances but
3: okay so, yeah
2: so we had a good time and miles were you in that interview or Dave were you in that interview with me
3: uh, I was I was there for that one
2: you were there yep okay
3: mm-hmm.
2: all right I can't remember I mean everyone's popping <laughs> in and out of the con so like I, I can't. you know what that was like so like three months ago but um but anyways, we had a good time. He gave us a good time. Uh, I one memory I have of talking with him was not during the interview, but the next day we ran into him, and he, and he, and uh, Kiefer couldn't quite believe that he was Goku. He goes, uh, "Can you make that like Kame? comic?" And he did it for him. It was great. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so it was totally totally made my son's day. So. So it was a very cool and very good time. Well, we're going to share this interview and hope you enjoy the conversation that we have with Mister Peter. How do you say his last name? I always mess it up. Columbus uh, Okay. So we hope you enjoy this interview that we have with Peter Columbus Because if that doesn't come up, then we're, we might be in on You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely.
0: that's good check it out where'd you get it (laughs) i'm not telling you i think he has more though what do you want for it half a protein bar ration
1: i freaking hate those anyway
0: well good you want half of this you give me some of your ration i got the light i can get a light go ahead ask around all right okay all right cussing at it. Awful, isn't it? Give it to me. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Relax. Hey. Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Peter Kalamis. You may know me from Stargate Universe, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast.
3: Ladies and gentlemen, we're at surely 40, and we're hanging out with Mr. Kalamis, Mr. Klamis' IMDb page is an impressive list of genre TV shows, movies, voice acting, animation, and video games for the last 30 years, as well as anime. Sci-fi fans know and love him for his portrayal as Adam Brody in two seasons of Stargate Universe. Mr. Klamis, welcome and thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Thanks very much, guys. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Can you tell us uh, the story of how you got the role of Adam Brody?
0: Yeah, it was late December of uh I think it was 2008 or 2007. <laughs> uh yeah, yeah. Um I'm trying to think back cuz it ran two years. Uh I think it was 07. Uh in late in the year my agent called with an audition and they, and she said they're they're doing a new Stargate series. They want you to read for and I'm like, "Oh, okay." Uh and they're going a kind of a younger slant with it with some of the characters and we want you to read for this character and uh so I went in and, and read, and they had generic sides for like three or four of the scientists that I found out later talking to the other fellow actors that we all read the same thing. But it was disappointing because the character was described as Eeyore-like. And I'm like, really? Have I let myself go that badly? Eeyore-like? Really? Anyways, I went in, read Fort, and you know, uh, New Year's Christmas happened. And then I got a call January 4th, I think it was. And my agent said, you got a call back for the show the Stargate thing. And I'm like, I don't, what role was it? I don't remember. She had to remind Eeyore, me. Eeyore. Yeah. The, Eeyore. Yeah. Right. The Eeyore <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, so I went back in, read for it and, and I got offered the job uh, the same day by the time I got home. Oh, um, awesome. And it was, we, we didn't know how many episodes each of us were going to do. We used to nickname it survivor in space because me and some <laughs> of the other scientists, we never knew where they're going to be around next episode. They would hand the scripts on, on set of the the next episode, and we would all flip to the last few pages to see if we were still alive. Oh, they did wow. kill a lot of you off. They, they there was did. a lot of uh, deaths and <laughs> and knocking oh, off cast members. So, now, yeah,
2: you, have you done Stargate before that? you done some SG I
0: did. Right? I did two SG ones. One was uh, Brent Langdon was a character who had stolen these mimic devices, and um, some people have a it's kind of a fan theory that Adam Brody and him are the same character. Because he was sent off world, given a new identity. Uh, so it fits, it fits the storyline, uh, if you want like it to it. go that way. <laughs> That's yeah, so and, and then. What you say? <laughs> yeah, no, I, no, I think, it, yeah, that works for me. <laughs> um, and, and then another one I did was Space Race, where I was kind of engulfed in a lot of makeup and prosthetics. And the quick, funny story on that is I was, the night before filming, I was out uh, filling in at a, my friend's softball game, No Contact Softball. And this gal went shoulder into me. I was playing shortstop. Shoulder into my nose, smashed my nose, broke it. Geysers of blood, and I'm heading to an emergency. And I, I didn't know this. In emergency, this was happening in Vancouver. Uh, the, the doctor starts putting something in my nose, and he goes, "Well, you're an actor. You probably know what this is." And I'm like, "What? What are you? A little cocaine?" I'm like, "No, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I've never done it before." But that's what they did. They give you coke in the hospital. So I'm bouncing around a little bit, and so I start thinking, I should call the producers and let them know. So I'm randomly calling people with coke up my nose uh, at <laughs> around 12, 1 in the morning, trying to find producers to talk to. and Because we're filming literally the next morning, and there's a lot of dialogue. It's too late to recast. And then I show up on set, and they all producers came in one at a time going, wow, that's a hefty break, because I had a big metal bar across the top of my nose. So they said... Well, we've never seen this alien race before, so, you know, we'll make them with big noses. So if you go back and watch the episode, the, the particular alien has a huge nose because they have an entire metal brace under it for the whole the How whole film shoot. Yeah,
3: Was it, with the injury, was it more uncomfortable with the makeup? Very. Or? Very. Well,
0: just, yeah, and it was a fresh break and mm-hmm. there was a metal bar in your nose that you had to crack it back in the night before and... And, and I'm coming down off the Coke, I guess, right? So I don't know. It's, uh, it, was an, it was a strange day of filming, I'll tell you that.
3: But we got through it. Wow. That's a fantastic story. Oh, that is great. One of the great things about SGU was the chemistry you had with uh, Patrick Gilmore, who played Dr. Uh, Volker. Did you both work on that chemistry offset, or was it just organic when and both of you just saw it? Uh, we became friends on set. We, we were
0: both from vancouver and ironically had never met before Hmm. um so we kind of hit it off as friends very quickly and we had similar type roles and we would share rides to work every morning going this is the greatest gig in the world isn't the greatest gig in the world we loved it we simply loved it and uh you know the friendship continues today i don't see as much of him today um he's currently filming travelers great Great show love it show So uh, he just got a third season. And, uh, you know, congrats to the entire Travelers group. I know a lot of the people there, including the
2: producers. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So Vancouver, small community of actors, but you get to know each other pretty well?
0: You do. It's a a buzzing acting city, but you see a lot of the same faces. A lot of sci-fi. Yeah, a lot of sci-fi. And a lot of of superhero shows Mm -hmm. currently filming there.
2: Right. So... I imagine that's why you were in like involved with the X Files. You were suppose, a fan of the X Files. Yeah. you had numerous roles throughout that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I,
0: I got on the on the, on the X Files four times before they left uh, to to begin filming in L A. That's right. And uh, I got in very early on. I think it was like the fifth or sixth episode. I would have to check. So the sh- the show was very fresh, but I was, right. you know, Lazarus. already already Lazarus yeah. Lazarus uh, was the first one I did, and. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was already a fan of the show, so
3: that was pretty cool to be a part of something like that.
2: That's awesome.
3: That's awesome. It, it was considered quite a coup that Robert Carlyle was also cast in SGU. You had a lot of scenes with him. What was it like working with Mr. Carlyle? Fantastic. Um,
0: oftentimes, I would catch myself being a spectator in a scene <laughs> until you, you were reminded yourself that, oh, yeah, I have lines. Because <laughs> watching him was uh, what he's—he really is a master of it. it makes it look effortless. Mm-hmm. He becomes the character to the point of everything just seems like it's natural and rolling o- off his tongue for the very first time. And he could do take after take, angle after angle, and it was perfect. I—I I don't know if I ever saw him screw up a line. It was—he was just that good, mm-hmm. and, a, and a pleasure to work with. Very, uh, very giving. A, a very soft-spoken guy. Uh, I can't say enough good things about him. I mean, I was lucky enough
2: to work with him for two years. It was great. Cool. Tell us a little bit about Goku. So we're switching genres here just yeah. a little bit. It still yeah. plays into the science fiction fantasy type stuff that we do. Um, tell me about that role. I mean,
0: That role I, I took over from Ian Corlett. I, I, know, I shouldn't say took over. I, I was hired after Ian left the show. And Ian Corlett's a good buddy of mine, to, even to this day. <clears throat> um and uh they held open auditions and me and ian have the same kind of cadence of voice we we've we yeah we auditioned against each other a lot we've worked together a lot uh um and substituted for one another on, on shows before so it wasn't unusual that i got the gig i think just because we sound similar so i ended up landing the gig not knowing how big a world that was and how big a yeah. fandom that was and i got all sorts of responses Jeez, some people like me a lot of people hated me uh there was some really nasty hate mail i got a death threat once where i had to call yeah i had to call in the cops they tracked this particular individual down and oh, they gosh. went and talked to him and you know at the end of the day it's uh it's cartoon you know so we <laughs> got to keep it in in check it's a very popular cartoon but you know, which I guess shows the passion of people. But uh, people fans can get, get carried away <laughs> sometimes, and they do. I understand. Uh, but I still, I still something. love the you're, fandom.
2: You're changing something that was familiar to them. And yeah, Pe- a fans,
0: them. In a, when they're very passionate about a show, and something changes, they don't like it, and I understand why. Because when I'm passionate about a show, and they change a cast member, I don't like, I don't like it either. But you have to understand that the the actors or actresses are people, and it's a job, and they're right. being brought into perform a certain job uh so they're doing their best um so take that into account the next time you want to get nasty in an actor (laughs) that's true true.
2: what's your favorite thing about playing
0: um it's kind of the best and the worst of it the fight scenes when we used to record first few episodes they would record it chronologically in the script so we'd have dialogue fight dialogue a lot more fighting a little bit of dialogue and we realized very quickly that our voices were getting blown out you know 20 minutes in so they started recording us by doing all the dialogue first and then all the fight sequences later so they would rip our voices to shred to shreds by the end and then send us home at the
3: end of the day so so in my research for this interview i also saw you're a stand-up comedian what do you use for your material, and where can folks go to see you if you're performing? Um, I'm,
0: my character, I'm really character-based. Okay. A lot of accents and characters, and if I describe a character, I'll become the character. And mm-hmm. that's what's always fascinated me about stand-up. Mm-hmm. You know, the impersonators, the Rich Littles, and things like that. Um, I've always been fascinated by that. Uh, if they want to hear my stuff... Uh, I mean, I have a tour coming up, but it's it's back in Canada in the fall. Uh, but if they want to hear it, they can see they can download it. Uh, I have an album out, The Best of Peter Klamis Volume 1. Good. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, all the regular download sites, uh, and they can purchase that. Mm-hmm. And uh, The Best of Peter Klamis Volume 2 is already recorded and edited, so that'll be out soon. But if they want to check out anything more, it's uh, com is my website, and uh, there'll be updates on how they can get in touch with me uh on the site,
2: what's your favorite impersonation?
0: My favorite of other people. Um, wow, that's a good one. I used to, I used to like the more obscure ones. Like I used to do Mickey Rourke from uh, Angel Heart. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't like chickens. Yeah, Mrs.
3: Safey, I don't like chickens.
0: The more obscure, the more I
3: like.
2: that's <laughs> fantastic.
3: So, what's on new in the horizon for you? Uh, what can we be plugging? There, I have a Christmas movie coming out.
0: <clears throat> uh, I can't really say who's in it. It's one of the the most iconic actresses in Hollywood that I got to work with. Uh, had, I have a relatively small part in it, but getting to work with this, this individual was a really huge treat. Uh-huh. Uh, it'll, I'm most likely to be coming out this Christmas. Uh-huh. Look, you can look for it, and there's will be a big name attached to it. And, I'm in that. You're in that. Uh also I can't tell you That's the name a name. Um Good. and then I have uh I did a guest star role on Man in the High Castle that oh, right. I, again I don't even think is out yet but no, uh you can look for me on that. That was a really cool show to be a part of. Great. And uh And then uh I believe uh I'm going to the UK. There's one other Con that I'm waiting to get confirmed that I think is confirmed. I'll announce as soon as it it, it, it does it is confirmed. But I'm going to the UK in August to Digicon. Uh looking forward to that. I know the odds are against me, but if there's a way to win, I'm gonna find it!
2: All right, we are back, and it's time to wrap up the cho- show. We don't have any Sci-Fi 5 and 5 tonight, do we? No, not
3: not. We're, we're going to have
2: to put Dave on that. Dave, that's your new job to come up with a Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Just
1: saying.
2: Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Like, it could be five anything, like five top anything, five best shows, five best robots, five best alien women. I mean, I don't know. Whatever it is.
3: Huh. Or, or it could be the five worst of something, too. Yeah, it I could those.
2: be. Like, oh. like like Scott's five worst puns. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> we 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 got this. So Okay. So no, but uh so think about that. So yes. next show, next show, we're going to be recording st- uh, the episode with Star Trek Eight, which is uh, what's the name of that? What what is the name of that one? I don't even know. First, first contact. contact. Oh, see, I knew you guys would know. First contact. And uh, just initially off the bat, what do you what do you guys thinking? What do you guys think about first contact? Just off the bat, are you looking forward to this? Is this a step up from Generations? A step down? What are we at?
3: I'm ver- I'm looking forward to watching this movie again and talking about it with you guys.
2: Oh, it's going to be fantastic. We get warp drive. We find the history of warp drive in this one, at least for humans. But, <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the actor? Who's the actor that played, um, the guy that invented warp.
3: Uh, James Brown. Oh
2: yeah. He was phenomenal. So I am looking forward to this one. So if you want to get your thoughts on star Trek eight, you can, uh, well, please watch it, first of all, and then email us uh, at sci at gmail.com, or you can message us on Facebook or on Twitter, and we would love to include some of your comments in the show if you're interested in doing that. Uh, well, guys, it's been a fantastic evening chatting with you about all things, uh, I was going to say Star Trek, but all things sci-fi. It was. Yeah, very good. Very good.
1: Awesome to be back.
2: Yeah, it was awesome to have you back. We're going we'll to bring you, we'll have to bring you into the uh, next show as well. And I'm going to, I touched pace with Greg Cox already to see if he can be on. So we'll, just, we'll have to see if that works out.
3: Okay, but, cool. But
2: all right, Miles, why don't you take us out of the show?
3: All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Oh, goodness. If you've enjoyed the conversation, the owners of this
2: establishment would love to hear from you send your comments and feedback to the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com or join our facebook page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner